Good morning, everyone. It's nice to see you all coming in. So maybe you watched it in real time at 2 a.m. on Shabbat, but most of us at some point or another caught some glimpse of the perhaps once-in-a-lifetime spectacle of the coronation of a king this weekend. I myself did not watch it at 2 a.m. I watched a highlight reel on Sunday, and I was taken in by the pomp and the pageantry, the diamond jubilee carriage and the processional, and the ceremony filled with heads of state and celebrities and presided over by religious clergy who invoked God's blessing and divine ordination on this king. And as the priest declared, we are here to crown a king. I got a chill. I mean, monarchies are almost completely gone in this day, but who doesn't want a real life king and queen? I felt like I was watching history. And part of, part of the important spectacle of it all were all these symbolic rites and ritual objects which were given additional weight and meaning by their ancientness. Perhaps the most moving moment was when the king was stripped of his cloak and robe down to a simple blouse and he walked into a private space to be anointed with holy oil, just as biblical kings had been anointed. He then took his scepter and staff and was crowned with just about the biggest, heaviest crown I have ever seen. I read that the crown has been used for nearly 1,000 years it weighs almost five pounds with a solid gold frame and 444 precious stones inlaid. It's all quite a spectacle, but I thought to myself, what is the purpose of a coronation like this? Of course, Charles needed to be crowned king. But I was wondering, is this ordination for the people so that they accept him in this new role to take this man who was once just a prince and have him become transformed into a king? Well, I'll, all these questions were on my mind as I attended in person this Sunday the pomp and pageantry that is known as rabbinic ordination and cantorial ordination, I should say. It happens in the biggest, most majestic sanctuary that probably exists in America, which is Temple Emmanuel. And while glorious music floats down as if from the firmament, a large procession of HUC faculty, rabbis and cantors from the field, and dignitaries process in in black robes, followed by the graduating class of rabbinic and cantorial students who through the laying on a ceremonial laying of hands that dates back all the way to biblical times, they will receive the transfer of power from one generation to another that miraculously makes them rabbis and cantors of Israel. I walked in this year's ordination ceremony 
Um, I felt close to so many members of this year's class. I wanted to be there. And I'd almost forgotten how powerful it is to be taken in by a ceremony like this. It had been many years since I attended ordination. And I thought, wow, this pageantry matters. <laughs> I was surprised by how quickly and often I came to tears as I was watching these ordinees, even just processing down the aisle, so full of purpose and joy and hope for the future. And I was thinking about how in this day, when we lament that religious interest is on the decline and that people are less interested in community and more glued to their technology, to see this beautiful crop of students who have all dedicated their lives in service of the Jewish people and building community and spiritual well-being, well, it just made me choke up. It has been 24 years now since my own ordination. I don't remember everything that the president of HUC said when he ordained me, but I remember how I felt when he put his hands on my head and uttered our tradition's most ancient blessing, I felt the weight of our entire civilization on me, the responsibility that was invested into me, the, the power of being in an ancient line of rabbis who had given their own lives to sharing, teaching, preserving, and renewing this tradition. And I realize now, almost more in hindsight, how important that ritual ceremony of ordination was. Because when you are 26 years old and people start to call you rabbi, you don't feel worthy of that title. You don't feel equipped. You don't really feel like you know what you're supposed to do. And yet something happens in that ritual that makes you feel um, I guess almost commanded to rise to the occasion. That ceremony of ordination with all its pomp and pageantry is necessary. And as a student of religion and ritual, it was important for me to be reminded again that symbolic rites are not just symbolic. They actually have the power to transform realities and even identities. So ordination was the moment that I felt I was taking my place in a bigger story, in a chain of tradition, and it reminded me in a very important way, surrounded by my fellow classmates and teachers and community, that I was not the first and I would not be the last, and I was part of something much bigger than myself. It was a moment of tremendous awe. I thought for a moment, again, about that crown that they put on King Charles's head, I think it was important that it actually was heavy. <laughs> it needed to feel weighty because his responsibility is great. And that crown is a literal embodiment of that, a physical manifestation of the weight of his role. And I felt it in a sense, when I actually felt the weight of hands on my head when I became ordained. Now, in Hebrew, the word for honor, kavod, literally means heaviness. If you want to give something the proper respect or honor, you actually have to feel the weight of it. 
So I think it's not incidental that these moments of transfer include a sense of weightiness on your head. Amazingly, the rabbis say that even God has a coronation. Yes, every Rosh Hashanah, God is crowned king. And Psalm 24, which is perhaps the most majestic of all the Psalms, is known as the coronation psalm. You might recognize it if I sang a little bit of it in the Hebrew. Um, I can't do it justice because it really should be sung by a choir, like a giant choir. And I'm sure you recognize it if you've ever been in high holiday services. It's one of the moments we sing that setting that's very grand and regal. The words include, lift up your heads. Who is king? Me who's a melech. Who is king? Adonai Tzvaot. Adonai of glory. That's when we crown God king. And it's so interesting that God has a coronation. I might even say God needs a coronation. Maybe it's not just that God needs the coronation. We need the coronation. The scholar, Dr. Benjamin Summers, who writes about all of the Psalms, says of Psalm 24 that in the Psalm itself, it transitions from calling God creator to calling God king. And he says, how does that transformation happen in the Psalm? It says that God becomes king only when humans become worthy of being God's subjects. There is a mutual covenantal uh, relationship that is affirmed with every ordination, with every coronation. A king is not a king without followers. And a rabbi is not a rabbi if there are no students. And it is um, very important, not only for the larger public to feel that declaration, but also for our leaders to feel that they can inhabit uh, their own role of service. So think about that. Even God needs a coronation. People need to affirm God's role in our own lives. And God even needs to be reminded of God's role in our lives. You could sit on that for a minute. At one point in the coronation weekend, Prince William spoke, and he shared words from his grandmother, the late Queen Elizabeth, who said, coronations are a declaration of our hopes for the future. I really felt this weekend how both the coronation and that ordination were both public declarations of our hopes for the future. And the declaration for our leadership needs to be made publicly with a lot of ritual pomp and circumstance, not just because the larger public wants to celebrate, but because our future leaders need that ritual in order to fully inhabit and take on their role. I'll just say that this weekend in different ways, I felt I saw a glimpse of our future and that future looks bright. So I might invite you 
to contemplate if you want uh, what is what is the crown you carry on your head? What are you carrying forward? The mantra for today is kavod, which as I said, means heaviness, but also honor or respect. I'm gonna just let you sit with that or you can just empty the mind because our minds are so full of everything. That's also a very worthy thing to do. Um, I invite you to close your eyes if you haven't already. Let's take in a deep breath. Offer gratitude for this glorious day. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. And I invite you to um, take on this mantra of kavod, to reflect on whatever it is that you need to contemplate or to let go of whatever it is you want to let go, to take in the silence and not to mind the time.
May we all be worthy to have um, a king and queen in our own lives that guide us and lead us. May we all be worthy. I hope you have a blessed day.